Hey there. Because you're listening to this podcast, we at Blue Wire want you to know this. One, we freaking love you. And two, we want to learn more about you. Help us make more content you'll love by filling out a survey you can find in the description of this podcast. You'll help us out a ton, and you'll have a chance to win a Blue Wire t-shirt, hoodie, or a pair of AirPods. We appreciate you, hope you're staying safe, and want you to enjoy this podcast. Jabroni, J-A-B-R-O-N-I-X-Y-Z-A-B-C. Oh, it doesn't matter, you spell Jabroni. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of Two Jabronis with the Wrestling Podcast. BJ Cruz here, and my tag team partner, Jeremy Loss, is out for today, but he will be back on Friday with me for our weekend show, so stay tuned for that. Uh, we are, of course, brought to you by our friends over at betonline.ag, as well as the greatest podcast network in the world, Blue Wire. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you download your podcasts. And if you're one of our fantastic Apple Podcast users, please, please, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. And if you're feeling spicy, leave a review. Follow us on social, uh, two jabronis, at 2 Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and in the BR app. And you can follow Jeremy over at, at Jeremy A. Loss. And you can follow me at cruise control that's control with a k uh you know we, we have a, a fantastic guest coming up and uh it's it's been a there's been a lot going on in in the world of wrestling the um again as we mentioned on friday uh, and and want to reiterate we stand with everyone who's been uh, part of the speaking out movement uh, on wrestling twitter it's it's all <sighs> horrifying it's uh, it's 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 terrible to read, and again, we we stand with all of the victims who have shared their stories, and 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 rightfully so. And uh, please continue to share those stories. Please know that Jeremy and I fully support everything that you're saying, and we hope that you can find healing in this process. And again, we're uh, we're we're with you. So thank you again for for being these brave souls who are, who are doing something that probably a few years ago was unthinkable because of the fear that was involved. And now um, I'm glad we, we are so glad that everyone has found the strength to, uh, to speak out um, before we, uh, before we get to um, our, our special guest and our main event. Uh, we're going to take a quick break to talk about our friends over at Bet Online. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and Bet Online is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. Looking for something else other than sports? Bet Online has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Visit betonline.ag 
and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. Bet online, your online wagering experts. All right, we're uh, we're going to we're going to throw to our special guest Louis Dangor of uh, of Wrestle Talk and uh, fantastic, fantastic wrestling journalist. If you're not following him uh, on social, you need to. He's he's absolutely fantastic. And uh, just as a heads up, we recorded this prior to NXT and Dynamite, uh, which is. You're listening to this on Thursday, so it just happened. But we're recording this before both of those shows. So if anything crazy happens on the show, uh, that's why we didn't address it. Because it was it happened beforehand. Jeremy and I will we'll talk about that stuff um, on, on our weekend, on our Friday show. So um, with all that, it is now time for the main event. And for this week's main event, we're going back to back with guests from across the pond. We'd like to help welcome the head of WWE News from WrestleTalk and a wonderkin not seen since Ryan Howard from The Office climbed the ranks at Dunder Mifflin. And I may have risked sending this chat going off the rails for referencing the American version of The Office and not the British one. But I think he's enough of a legend to let it slide. Please welcome the one, the only, Louis Dangor to the show. Louis, how you doing, man? I'm all right, man. Thank you so much for having me on. And between you and I, there's no one else listening to this. The U.S. office is significantly better. Than oh, the UK wow. Coming out the gates hot. Here <laughs> we go. This is what I, I like to hear. Jeremy and I love The Office. We make those references all the time. It was a risk. I, I, I thought I would make this reference. Didn't know how you would react. Glad to see you responded positively. <laughs> to it um but man how's how's everything going with you man like uh you know it's it's this crazy quarantine era of life and wrestling that we're living in how, how are you doing yeah i'm doing all right i always like to say to people i'm however i'm doing i'm in a much thankfully a much better position than a lot of people who are struggling at the moment who have lost jobs who have uh, lost loved ones so i mean i'm i'm in a i'm in a good position right i mean i've been busier than ever as i'm sure you are people are looking for more forms of entertainment than ever when they're not seemingly watching the news so right. i've just been churning out interviews and uh working more on that I, I mentioned you before we started but i'm at university so i've enjoyed having that little break from uh big going to lectures and having to do any university work yeah no, i mean that's uh that's, are you are you out of school now or is it is it summer technically? so we were basically told this year doesn't count oh uh, because okay. yeah uh, different universities have got different things. So we were just told we can't really mark you on anything because there. So there were some strikes with the um, with the lecturers beforehand. So sure. I I think my dad and I worked it out. We have I've had about forty percent of my teaching that I was supposed to have this year with wow. COVID and yeah. and uh, and the strikes. So they basically said we can't examine you on anything because it'd be unfair on us. We haven't taught you enough. So we're out of school now until. We've, they've said potentially uh, January, but they're hoping for wow. September. Wow, that's 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 wild. Yeah, I know we're uh, we're still figuring out that that side of things over here in terms of distance learning and all that stuff as well. But uh, so the first question we always like to ask our, our first time guests is, what is your wrestling fan origin story? Because Jeremy and I we're we're children of the Attitude Era, as as we like to reference so often. So. Give me the rundown. How how and why are you a fan of this crazy world that we uh, we watch every week? 
so I'm not particularly proud of the story, but I'm a fan of the. I grew up in the PG era, so I've got my first ever WWE pay per view was SummerSlam 2010, with where Cena pretty much single handedly defeated the Nexus. Oh, and I right. and I loved it. Yeah. I loved it because it was Cena beating these bad guys. I was nine years old, going on ten at the time. So I loved it, and it was I specifically specifically remember it was the story of um, who attacked the Undertaker, and Kane was trying to find out who it was, and he targeted Rey Mysterio. Then it emerged that it was Kane, so that yeah. sort of got me into wrestling. Yeah, uh, and then from then on, I've been pretty much hooked ever since. And sort of over the last three, four years, when I've started to be able to watch shows live more and. Uh, get more of an interest and understand the business more i mean i'm i'm just a massive fan and uh, whenever i do any work involving wrestling or do any interviews i think it does come off that i'm just a fan who's enjoying talking about the thing that he loves and uh, i hope that comes off to people because that's genuinely what i am and what i am um, what i like to portray no absolutely uh, i was talking to alex about this last week and it's i mean with wrestling specifically, when you cover it, you can't help but be a fan, right? Because you have to have you have to have liked this to want to cover it, right? Because there's there's still that group of people out there who's like, oh, it's fake, it, it's it's this that, and just all these negatives about it. And yes, there are negative aspects to this world, but at the end of it, it's it's sports entertainment, and, and we engulf ourselves in it, and we're fans of it. So uh, I love the fact that we can still be fans while still kind of being objective and, and covering it in, yeah. in, in that way. Uh, so we were talking about this a little bit before we hopped on, but dude, you're, you're 19 and you are already one of the most respected wrestling voices in the game. So, so tell us about this journey. Tell us about how you got here because dude, at 19, there's no way I couldn't lose my shit every time. Like, and we'll talk about the people you've talked to recently, but some of the people you've talked to, at 19, I would have just been melting down and, and been insane. So, like, how how did you get to to this point? Because it's, it's honestly an incredible journey. Oh, thank you very much for that. But uh, between you and I, I do do that. I still sometimes, <laughs> when I have an interview, I'm sort of like, whoa, what? Uh, this is crazy. I mean, there was one uh, before Backlash. I got a, I got an email from WWPR saying, like, oh, do you want to be part of a media call with Shawn Michaels? And I was like whoa okay and it was it, it was uh i think it was about 11 p.m i got the message i'm thinking i had to sort of check the phone twice and go they really want me to speak to sean michael right and it's one of those sort of pinch me moments where you have to go wow i'm i'm in this position as you say i haven't been doing this long at all but i mean there are people i look up to like alex gary cassidy who have been amazing supportive I'd go as far as say role models who I look at and I think do things the right way like um, in wrestling you can and journalism as a whole there is a right and a wrong way to do things sure when you do a report reaching out to people for comment and being impartial and I think uh, over here we've got Alex and, Ga and Gary who are great at that and do things the right way Both over great, yeah. your neck of the woods Sean Rassap is, is, is fantastic yep. at what he does and a, a great guy and have been a great help to me. So without those people, I, I wouldn't be where I am sitting with you today. But um, in terms of the story, I, it was about January 2019. So only about 
just over a year. Yeah. Uh, about a year and a half now. And I, I started writing for WrestleTalk.com. I'd been a fan of their podcasts for a while. Uh, and I, so I'm mega into stats. And I made a, this was me procrastinating, not doing any of my uni work. <laughs> but I made a win-loss um, record sheet from WWE uh, 2018. I did all of the win-loss, their percentages, mapping right. it out. And basically found out whether they, a lot of people accused WWE of 50-50 bookings. So I was like, do they do that? And I sent it over to WrestleTalk.com and just said, I've seen you guys have got a website going. If, if you want to put this up, feel free. And uh, then I just got, got, got talking to them more and thought, oh, you know what? I, so I had nine hours of university a week, which is nothing. So I thought this would be great to pass the time and sort of uh, keep me busy. So I started writing features and then a couple of... Uh, Months later, they asked me to help on the weekends with the news and then asked me to become an editor. So it just sort of snowballed into, into there. And then once it sort of really got big, once SmackDown moved to Fox, AEW started yeah. and um, NXT went live because more news, more. So we didn't do live results for NXT beforehand, but we do now, obviously, and two, two live results on a Wednesday. So I needed more hands and I, I just sort of fit in there and then this whole lockdown situation happened and I started being on screen more doing my interviews that I've done and uh, breaking a few exclusives. I broke a, a couple of the NXT call-ups that have been uh, rumored to happen. I was the first to break two of those. Um, and then it sort of snowballed into there. And I mean, my followings tripled in, uh, in about three months. So it, it's, it's right. honestly crazy for me. And sometimes I do have to sit back and go, wow, I'm really in a fortunate position. <laughs> and I'm just, I, I'm so grateful. I, I really am to, to everyone that's helped me, even yourself helping and sort of getting me on the show and just wrestling. I found the media as a whole is such a nice, there are so many nice people that are only so willing to help. So I think that, yeah, it's, it's great. And I'm looking forward to hopefully doing more work with more people and um, doing more work uh, in wrestling media as a whole. Absolutely. That's the epitome of like shooting your shot, you know, just sending something out there and um, taking an initiative, which is which is awesome. I, I, how was that for that whole process of tracking those wins and losses for WWE? Because obviously AEW claims that that's like a big part of their thing now. TBD, if that's actually true. But for doing that for WWE w during a time when, you know, no one was doing it. How, how was that process for you? It was interesting, to say the least. It was definitely gave me more of an insight and then in 2019 i started tracking them as we were going right so in terms of title feuds it was interesting to go it was around kofi's range people were like who should kofi face and i was like well in terms of win loss probably this guy because he's picked up x amount of wins got such a big win percentage so it was definitely interesting to think of things in a more strategic and mathematical approach as right. opposed to someone just picking in a room shutting their eyes and going you'll be the next person <laughs> yeah. let's choose you which it does seem like it often is and it sort of made yeah. me realize that wwe is often a uh, booking must be a very sort of random and uh and it, it's very hard to guess basically who's going to be next in feuds or who's going to be challenging for titles because they don't seem to go by sort of win-loss stuff yeah, I'll, I'll, I w there's something I want to ask you about later in terms of Drew McIntyre and, and his championship stuff that's uh, that's been happening or his feuds that have been set up. But before we get to there, you, you, so you talked about your kind of bewilderment of being asked, you know, just be on a media call with with Shawn Michaels, which if 
if anyone can see this shirt, like Shawn Michaels is my all-time favorite, and you, I, I don't know how I would have reacted to that. I, I again, I probably would have melted down, and I, I'm an adult, you know, with a child, <laughs> like that would have sent me into you know a puddle. Uh, but over the past few weeks, you've also talked to some incredible people that everyone can actually catch on YouTube. Um, yeah, you know, s- some people yeah, wrestle talk interviews. A- I do everything I do go, go goes on that. Absolutely, go check that out. You know, so just to name a few. I pulled some names. Christian, the newly returned Christian, Eric Bischoff, Brody Lee, John Moxley. And that's that's just four. That's just four that I'm naming. There there were more. But of all those incredible conversations that you've had recently, is there a favorite that that sticks out to you or, you know, a moment that you had with somebody that really, um, really stands out? So a funny moment. He isn't my favorite person to interview. Nothing against him, just wasn't uh someone else that i'll get on to later but during my interview with eric bischoff it was about 10 minutes in he looked at me and i, I was asking him a question and he responded and then sort of cut himself off and goes did you say you were 19 and i'm like <laughs> yeah i did and he goes i wore shoes last night that are older than you <laughs> and it sort of was like wow okay fantastic but um it, that that was a particularly funny moment and um but my favorite interview that I've ever done was with Brody Lee, who I can safely say is the nicest wrestler. Actually, one of the nicest, because there are a few others, but one of right. the nicest wrestlers I've ever had the pleasure of speaking to. And what people don't understand with an interview, it is a conversation. And I try and make my interviews that way, not so much like an interrogation where I'm sitting here going, what do you think of this? Um, what's yeah. your favorite match? And who's your favorite wrestler? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. I try and do it more so it's two friends having a conversation yeah, or not, or just two people trying to have a conversation, bounce off each other, and I think Brody and I just bounced off each other well. We were making jokes, laughing, and sort of. He did an interview with Alex before, so about a week before, so I was poking to fun of that and saying, "Oh, you're, I'm, I'm your favorite UK journalist. You've done an interview <laughs> with and things like that," and just sort of poking fun. And I think once you do that, the wrestlers you interview appreciate it more, yeah, because they show you're taking an interest in them. So for the first twenty minutes of the interview. We were speaking about how Brody Lee's been handling quarantine with his two two sons. Yeah. Which uh, I know I asked you the same thing earlier with with your with your daughter off camera, but I think he liked that because he's like, "Wow, this guy takes an interest in." He doesn't want me to sit there and go, "Tell me a Vince McMahon story that's going to get the headlines." Realistically, right. no one's going to click on an interview because they've I've asked how Brody Lee's uh, how he's told his sons about quarantine. No one's going to care about that. But I was interested. He was interested, and that's what you'd ask someone you're having a conversation with in 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 the sort of period that you're that, that we're living through right now. So I really enjoyed speaking to him, and he was honestly, I would like to say, one of the nicest people, and definitely deserves what where, where he's at now on on the main stage in AEW. And I wish him all the best for the future. No, absolutely. I you know I I I listened to your conversation with him, and then I remember him being on the Edge and Christian podcast. Uh, I want to say it was like a year ago or something like that, and you could just tell he was just a good dude. He was just super chill, yeah. um, and super jealous you get to talk to him because, like, again, like you said, he's he's very much in a in a really really good position over there in AEW, and he's he absolutely deserves it. He was, I think, he was severely underutilized for the majority of the time he was in WWE. So for him to finally get his shine, uh, it has has been incredible. Um, something I. I saw on your Twitter that you tweeted about a few days ago was you're talking about the last ride, um, the undertaker 
Obviously, the last episode of that doc uh, aired on Sunday, I believe it was. Uh, so, you know, obviously there's the caveat or there was the, the big moment, the big reveal that he's saying, you know, he's done. He's done with the in-ring thing. Uh, with the caveat, he obviously put this out there that, you know, Vince kind of breaks the the emergency button, breaks the glass, pushes the uh, we need taker button. You know, he, he'd consider it and he probably would come back. Uh, you tweeted you were very skeptical of that retirement. And I think the majority that was uh, that was my reaction as well. Uh, in in your estimation, when does he come back? If he does, I know I know Shane McMahon put it out there that he wanted another match with the Undertaker. I don't think Taker's coming back for Shane O'Mac. I could be wrong. That I I just don't see that happening. Give us a some sort of prediction, I guess you could say about when when you think he he would make a return if he does. I think he'll be at the next. Saudi Arabia show whenever that is um, yeah because obviously w- w- with the current climate and travel bans we're not we're not sure when that's going to be but I probably would bet he'd be there um, on the note of the documentary though people need to check it out because it was honestly the most gripping documentary series that WWE has ever done and they do some fantastic documentaries right it was really good one of the things actually during the during the lockdown era I said definitely at the beginning when I was quite critical of them for putting on shows. I said, just put a couple of the documentaries on because your documentaries are so good. Yeah. I bet a lot of people would tune in for them and prefer to see that than five, five minute matches that don't really mean anything. Right. Just to prove that, uh, my brother, so I've got two brothers, two younger brothers. They both don't watch week in and week out, mainly because they've got school, but also because, let's be honest, the product isn't great. Sure. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. Um, but we, every time a documentary was out, we'd sit and watch it, the three of us, because it was just very interesting to all of us. Um, so it, it was honestly fascinating. And But I, I am skeptical, as you said. I don't think he's done. And I think we'll see him back. Uh, I would say by this time next year, there'll definitely have been an Undertaker match. Um, whether it's a Boneyard or not, I don't know. But he, he's not done, I don't think. You think it's going to be... I feel like the cinematic aspect or that option could extend his career just a little bit long i mean i know in the doc he talked about how the boneyard match was actually a super long shoot and maybe it wasn't uh as beneficial to someone of his age because he kind of stiffens up versus when you're in the ring and you're active just kind of you're constantly moving so at least you're a little bit loose um do you think it would be a cinematic situation or is it is it just a one-off like a uh like you said a show in saudi arabia where he just shows up, hits a choke slam and a tombstone and calls it a day? The issue is, I if I was going to WrestleMania 36 and it wasn't, uh, coronavirus didn't happen, I wouldn't have been happy sitting there watching that match on a big screen. Because yeah. it was long. Right. <laughs> it was very long. So, could say by Survivor Series, if lockdown, uh, if, if fans still aren't in shows, could we see it? Possibly. But I think that it does depend on fans being at shows but i mean if they did for example the night before a pay-per-view it was undertaker versus alistair black in a boneyard match and it was just on the network for everyone to see i i'd watch it yeah um but i I don't know how the boneyard sort of the cinematic match works in a crowd setting right yeah i mean i thought about that too and obviously they did two cinematic matches at, at 36 and they were both 
uh, gripping <laughs> because we're all we were all at home and just wanting uh, something. And, and they both exceeded, I think, the majority of people's expectations. So but I, I totally under, understand what you're saying there. Uh, you, you talked about our friend, friend of the show, Alex McCarthy earlier. He was on uh, last week and he actually just wrote, I believe it was yesterday, that um, Charlotte Flair is, is taking a bit of an extended break. Uh, much deserved, might I add. She yeah. was all over uh, they they were working her to the bone and and that was that was crazy. The the report goes on to say, you know, she's likely uh to return around Royal Rumble time with Survivor Series also out there as an option. Um the women's division now in 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 WWE is is missing two huge names. Uh Charlotte Flair uh taking this break, Becky Lynch because she's pregnant. Congratulations to her and Seth Rollins, Rollins again. But uh the division is also I think it's super, super deep right now. So yeah. with that, uh, who do you see kind of filling in that gap that Charlotte has now left uh, w- within the roster right now? It's it's a difficult one because... So I am of the belief that Charlotte Flair is WWE's best ever perf- women's performer and women's wrestler. I think she is incredibly underrated and we will be looking at her in 10, 15 years, similar to how we look at John Cena, where people now go, he was damn good. And I think people would be saying that about Charlotte Flair. Her, totally. WWE's handling of her hasn't helped. I will I will not, I will <laughs> yeah. not, uh, not dispute that. But people need to remember, Charlotte isn't going to WWE. She might be. I mean, but I don't know. But I, it's very unlikely she's going to WWE. I want to be on all three shows. Put me on all three shows. Give me three titles. I want to win the Women's Royal Rumble. I want to be main eventing these pay-per-views. Put me in that WrestleMania main event that was with Becky and Ronda. I want to be in that. I don't think she is. I And I would be very surprised if she is. I think she is just doing what her bosses are telling her to do. Right. Like we all do. We do what our bosses tell us to do. Totally. We're not going to sit there and go, no, you're wrong. I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm just not going to turn up for work the day you've asked me to because I worked yesterday and the day before. Yeah. <laughs> it isn't one of that. Yeah. So I think people need to stop crapping on her and saying, oh, it's your fault, because it's not. But in terms of... Uh, so she will be a big miss. Um, I think that she brings a certain star power with her, and it would have been nice... It looks like we're going to get Ric Flair on TV a bit more, so it would have been nice to see them sort of play off each other a little bit as well. Um, I would have actually liked to see a pair, a sort of a trio of Rick randy and charlotte i thought that'd be very very interesting oh my god yeah um, in in terms of people that can step up i mean asuka has stepped up um i did a report just after wrestlemania saying she was very impressive to the wwe because they were impressed with how reliable she was and dependable during the covid era she was appearing on both shows wrestling a lot yep and then she won the title once becky got pregnant and um, i think she'll be big but i mean we haven't seen Shayna baszler and bianca belair on tv in weeks and that's criminal that's, that's because insane. they are so good. It's insane. Oh my god. The Sh- the Shayna thing I-, I think about from time to time. She was she challenged Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's title at WrestleMania. All of a sudden just gone. And I know I've read a couple of things here and there that maybe Vince has soured a bit on her. I just I just don't get it. And maybe now this is the time where they bring her back to thrust her into that, you know, that that title picture, but that was just like her and Bianca, like you said, it's just criminal that they're just not involved in any of these storylines 
given you know who they are and how good that they are at their jobs. Uh, it, 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 it's, it's just completely insane. Speaking of WrestleMania, though, um, Drew McIntyre won the, uh, the WWE title at WrestleMania 36. And uh, ever since, he's kind of had a uh, little hodgepodge of <laughs> challengers for his title. We've got Dolph Ziggler next up at Extreme Rules. Um, I, I do think that that match is going to be good because both of those guys are very good at, at what they do. Um, I was just curious how you felt or who you think should be like a long-term feud for Drew, because look, as, as great as like these one-offs are like they've, they've, I mean, big show was a little random. Uh, Seth Rollins, to say uh, the least, to say the least, uh, <laughs> super random. Seth Rollins obviously uh, made sense. Great opponent, but then they immediately thrust him into the Bobby Lashley thing right after that. And then, and then now Dolph. So, you know, obviously the, um, the COVID has kind of thrown a wrench into their plans of having like a full repertoire of people kind of at the ready. But when you're thinking about someone that they could put in a feud with drew long-term, possibly heading into SummerSlam, hopefully who is that guy for you? It has to be Randy Orton, I think. It, 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 it has yes. to be him. He, he, I mean, in kayfabe, he won the greatest wrestling match ever. So why wouldn't he? Yep. <laughs> uh, why wouldn't he be next in line? I think he, if the storyline works, and I mean, he, it would be a big time feud. While while the Dolph and Drew match will probably be better than a Randy and Drew match will. Yeah. The Dolph and uh, Drew match doesn't feel like a WWE title feud. Doesn't feel like the sort of thing that would main event a pay per view, but Randy and Drew does. Um, I do think WWE made a mistake in having Seth as his first challenger because they sort of wasted that. Could have been a Survivor Series or even WrestleMania next year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that was a mistake. They could have done something like Ricochet, where he comes out and sort of says, "Listen, you only won the Royal Rumble because I kicked Brock Lesnar in the nuts." Yeah give me a title shot and then you go from there i think the issue with drew is he has won so much on tv no one feels on his level that they could compete to him but to be fair Lashley didn't going into that feud and they made a damn good job of putting Lashley over putting the master lock over yep and i really thought it was it was a griffin feud and apart from the finish the match was fantastic so i think the wwe with drew has earned my trust over the last couple of months for me to go, you know what? I'm willing to see what happens with the Dolph feud and see how it plays out. Yeah, it's funny you talk about Ricochet. I think he was just too busy main eventing main event with Andrade. I think that was that was you who tweeted that picture, right? Of just it was unbelievable how someone this good, or I'm sorry, both those dudes who are incredible at their jobs to just be on main event. Uh, that is. Whew, we talked about how bad it was uh, that they haven't been able to use Shayna and Bianca in the right way. That is uh, Ricochet Andrade on main event. Is is I don't want to see that. I, I don't want them wasting their bumps <laughs> on on main event. But watch the match because it was so good. Of, co- of course, I've yeah. Never watched, I've never watched <laughs> main event. I mean, this is my job to cover wrestling, and I never watch main event. But I, I saw it on Twitter, and then a couple of people sort of said, listen, man, the match was good. Check it out. And I watched it, and it was like, wow, this is really good. It's like you can tell 
sort of Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon, who are now supposedly Raw, not supposedly, who are running Raw. Yeah. They sort of weren't looking, and Ricochet and, uh, and Andrade thought, you know, we're going to have a really good match, and did. So definitely check that out. And I just, but I just hope we we saw it on Raw. It would have been great. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, they have three hours to fill. I don't know how they couldn't fit that match onto a uh, a three hours show. Uh, I do want to shift gears just a little bit here uh, to NXT. So they're uh, they're setting up the the winner take all match uh, versus Adam Cole, the winner of I believe it's tomorrow or what day is it today? Tonight's <laughs> uh, triple threat. NXT uh, North American title match. Uh, you know, I, I sort of foresee some shenanigans on that July 8th match with whoever wins tonight uh, taking on Cole. Like maybe there's some sort of disqualification where both of them get to keep their titles. I don't know. I, I hope I'm wrong. I, I do want to see a double champion. I think that's, I, I'm a, I stand for factions and double champs. I just always think two belts is, is, is a cool image. Um, if you had to pick right now, July 8th, someone is walking away with two titles. Who is that guy for you? Keith Lee. Yes. And if it's there not we go. Keith Lee, I'm going to be very upset. There I, we go. The thing is, I so I do the Fightful review uh, with AW and NXT immediately after the shows. And I was saying to the guys there last week, there is not a match that AW could put on, possibly with the exception of FTR and the Young Bucks, that would make me more excited than any option of Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole, Keith Lee versus Adam Cole, or Finn Balor versus Adam Cole. So in terms of counter-programming, I cannot wait to see the match. And I hope it's Keith. I really do. Yeah. He deserves it more than anyone he is. And also, it hopefully means that Vince McMahon won't call him up anytime soon because he'll be locked down there with, with Triple H. But I mean, I am a massive Keith Lee fan. WrestleTalk with a whole lot of massive Keith Lee fans. And I hope uh, we see him on July 8th walk out as a double champion. But possibly with the exception of Johnny Gargano because I am I just love babyface Johnny Gargano. Ill Johnny Gargano doesn't do it for me. Yeah. But any option of the double champ, and I'd be happy with, to be honest. How about how about yourself? What are you hoping for? I, it's like a 1-1-A situation. I know that's a it's probably a cop out, but it is Keith Lee one. I, I mean, he's been incre- he's been on an incredible run, um, over the yeah. past couple of months. I, I still want to see a Finn Balor Adam Cole match. Selfishly, I think we were th- that was like the ultimate tease when Finn came down to NXT, and then it just kind of never came to fruition. Uh, so that's the other one that I would love to see. But I, I'm with you on the Keith. Like this, me and Jeremy, we saw Keith Lee live at a, um, it was just a random NXT show out here in, in San Jose. Uh, it was just a house show. Uh, I think it was last year. And, you know, at that time, Keith wasn't on TV a lot. Like he was there occasionally. And just in that match became an instant fan because, dude, when you're that, like, he's probably twice my size and he can move much better than I can or ever will be <laughs> uh, even, you know, in, during my younger days. So he, he's just an incredible watch and, you know, just kind of, uh, yeah, at the, at survivor series, just seeing him going toe to toe with Roman Reigns and you're like, Oh yeah, this dude's a freaking superstar. G- give him all the titles. Mm-hmm. So I'm with you, man. Keith Lee, uh, for, uh, for everything, <laughs> give him all the belts. Give make him a give him the women's title, women's like title. Make him a solo tag team champion. Just just do all of it. 
you know? 205 Live, we'll stretch it out a bit. 305 Live. Make it 305 Live, you know? Just give them, give them every single belt. Uh, so I saw on Twitter that you're a, uh, you're a Liverpool fan. Jeremy also did notice this. He's a massive Arsenal fan. Uh, <laughs> although he couldn't be here, he, uh, he wanted to send in a question. So I'm, I'm going to play that for you right now. Hey, Louie, Jeremy Loss here. Sorry I couldn't be a part of our call today. Though, seeing that you're a Liverpool fan, I'm kind of happy that I'm not. Uh, I am uh, an Arsenal fan through and through, even though this team is absolute garbage. Uh, and the fact that your team just so happens to be one of the best uh, in, in Europe uh, kind of pains me. Um, so um, I did want to just kind of I wanted to ask you a quick question regarding AEW. Um, obviously, they've put a lot of time and effort behind developing their tag team division into what quite possibly is the greatest uh, tag team division in, in wrestling right now. Um, but I think uh, with that, they've they've kind of left the the women's division by the wayside. It, it just hasn't developed into what I think it could be. Obviously, they have a star in the making of Britt Baker, but she's injured right now, so she can only do so much. Uh, what do you think they need to do in the coming months um, to really develop that women's division into something that could rival NXT. I don't think they're going to be able to to surpass NXT anytime soon because NXT just so happens to have one of the better women's divisions in wrestling. But how can you think? How do you think they could maximize what they have to develop something that is uh, that can challenge NXT? Um, do you think they they really need to invest in, in finding new talent? Do you think they need to just develop what they have? Um, and then also. After a year, what do you think they need to work on the most outside of probably their women's division? Do they need to develop more stars? I mean, they do rely heavily on the inner circle and on uh, the elite. But where do you think their their biggest areas of improvement are? Um, and, and what do you think the, the ceiling is in, in 2020 uh, for the rest of 2020 for AEW? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thank you. I'm gutted. Jeremy couldn't be on it. He couldn't ask me that face to face. He seems like a <laughs> lovely guy. But um. I understand what you're saying. Uh, AEW. So I put out a tweet a couple of weeks ago. AEW has the best tag division in the world, bar none. I'm a massive yep. tag uh, fan, and FTR are my guilty, not even guilty pleasure. They are my favorite act in wrestling. Yeah. I love them. I love what they stand for. I am so happy that they're out of WWE and get to put on quality tag matches and hopefully you see that. But he's right. The women's division has fallen by the wayside. But I feel bad for AW because with the May Young Classics, WWE went will have you, 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 and you. And they weren't really left with much. And they've been hurt by injuries to Chris Statlander and Britt Baker. Yeah. I think they need to... There seems to be a lot of matches on... Uh, women's matches on Dark as opposed to Dynamite. And one of the criticisms I have with AEW is that they expect people that watch Dynamite, to have watched Dark, to have watched every single video, every single thing that anyone from AEW puts out, right. any social media clip. So there are a lot of stories that, for example, the Brandy Lee and Ali and Cutie Marshall uh, storyline going on over there, that started on Dark. So ex either explain it more on TV or start it on Dynamite right. and give me a reason to watch the progression on Dark. So I think that put more women's matches on Dynamite. Give me a reason to care about the women's division. Give me storylines. I like what they're doing now with with Britt Baker, who I think is, I can't remember the last time someone who was injured was doing such good character work. But um, 
I think that, so for example, the women's title match was announced last week in a segment with Britt Baker that didn't feature Hikaru Shida, the champion, or Penelope Ford, the challenger. They wouldn't do that for a men's title feud. They wouldn't be interviewing Cody Rhodes and then go, listen, just do it and let you know, uh, John Moxie and Brian Cage are fighting in the next Right. <laughs> yeah. So why do it for the women's division? I think there needs to be, give me a reason to care. So give me feuds, give me characters that are sort of multi-layered. Um, I think they're trying to do that, but obviously it's very hard when Britt Baker and Chris Statlander are out. Um, but no, I think that AW has had a fantastic year. It has been a very enjoyable year of wrestling and their shows are to such a high standard. The last week's show I thought was fine, but if it yeah. happened on a Monday night or a Friday night, I'd probably be going, brilliant show. Fantastic show. But it happened on a Wednesday, which is the best night of wrestling of the week. Um, so if there's something I'd say they had to improve on besides the women's division, it would be the ranking system for me. As I mentioned earlier, I'm a big stats guy. So I don't, I think have a ranking system, great, but use it. So why are Natural Nightmares last week getting a title shot when they aren't ranked number one? Why? why? They, in theory, they haven't deserved the match. So if you want to book that match, that's 100% fine. But don't have a, a um, ranking system that is so sports-based and only people at number one should be getting the title shots. So that would be my main bugbear. But I think that's just me in that boat. And everyone else that, that I speak to seems to fully understand and love the rating system. It's just not not for me. But how about yourself? What do you think is sort of the, the thing they could improve on most? Because I always like hearing other people's opinions on this. Yeah. Um, it, Jeremy and I are, are, are in general agreement just kind of about the, the women's division. And like you said, like they got hit with injuries. Like That's not necessarily their fault. Um, but at the beginning, when they started this, they they made a point to you know say like we're going to feature women's wrestling. This is going to be a big part of our show, and you know they they tried. The, I think they're still figuring all that out, and they don't have the depth that WWE, WWE has like on that side, right, with the women's roster. Um, so that's probably been the most disappointing in that the women's title just hasn't felt as important uh, as it should, and. You know, I guess this is just a long-winded way of me saying that I'm identifying the problem. What the fix is? Get Britt Baker healthy. <laughs> like it's just kind of like, and that's that's maybe a cop-out answer, but it's um, that that's the biggest thing because she's the work that she's done despite not being able to wrestle is crazy uh, to to be to get that over. Uh, on TV and online <laughs> as well for people to kind of be collective in, in the way that they think about, you know, the work that you're doing minus wrestling is is really, really impressive. So um, I'm kind of giving them, I guess, a, a bit of a, a hold or a pass until Britt Baker does come back because I do think that that's, Jeremy and I have been saying from the beginning, like she's just a, a budding superstar in the making. And in the beginning, it was a little weird to us that they didn't initially make her the women's champion uh but if if this was kind of a longer play and this is how it all shakes out where now she's super super over uh then you know i, I think it will have been for good for better yeah i i agree i fully agree and as you say i think the best thing they can do is get brick get brick breaker healthy yeah ASAP. yeah and uh you know uh shout out to Britt baker hope hope you're healing 
well and uh, and and quickly. Uh, something you did, which I thought was super interesting recently, was you you basically put out a, a call for suggestions for matches that you should watch on WWE Network, and I thought that was. There's, there's just so much content on WWE Network sometimes where I get overwhelmed. Where I'm like, all right, I'm gonna watch, I'm gonna watch the Undertaker doc because it's the thing of the moment, and you know you got to watch it for to do this. But uh, to go back, well, sometimes I'll like, I'll want to watch a pay per view, or I'll want to watch a match, and just kind of seeing all the matches splayed out there, you're like, oh god, this is this is a lot. So I, you got, I'm sure you got a bunch of suggestions. What what are some that one you were like you relived and you were like oh that was incredible or two that you were pleasantly surprised that you enjoyed that you necessarily weren't expecting to when the suggestion was made? So my favorite match, or one of my favorite matches of all time, is the Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle Iron Man match from SmackDown. Yeah, so reliving that was awesome because it's a long thing to sit and watch. So I wouldn't. <laughs> If I've got a spare hour, I wouldn't go to watch it. But I, when I did, I thought it was awesome. But one that really surprised me with how good it was, because I haven't watched it in a while, and not enough people talk about it, was one I watched last night, actually. It was the Kurt Angle and Undertaker main event, the World Heavyweight Championship, No Way Out 2006, which was a brilliant match. It was submission-based, which you don't expect to see from the Undertaker, right. but you do from Kurt Angle. It was the spots were seamless, uh, the sequences were seamless. It was really interesting to see both of those guys uh, in in that setting, and I thought it was a fantastic, fantastic match. So that is definitely one that has presently surprised me. With m- more so surprised me, not so how good it was, but that not enough people talk about it, and perhaps why they don't. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's really enjoyable. I thought, you know what, it's a fun thing to do. I'm going to watch a match a night. So yeah. every night I'm going to go through and just watch something before I go to bed. Watch a match or something that people recommend. So oh, I've actually got it on my phone. I've got the list. The next match to watch. I'm trying to spice it up as well and do it from different eras. Yeah, a lot of them are sort of uh, there was the Jeff Hardy, uh, first one with Jeff Hardy and Undertaker match, then the Brock and Kurt Angle match, and then. Um, the Undertaker and Kurt. Yeah, what, what's next so, on the docket for you? What, what do you got locked in for tonight? Next is... Oh, oh it is here. It is Sami Zayn versus Cesaro, NXT TakeOver Arrive. Oh, hello. Wow. Yeah. That's... Uh... So that's next. Uh, I, I, I'm in a massive NXT mark, so I'm going to sort of yeah. do some old stuff that I didn't get to watch at the time and then sort of sprinkle some, uh, some NXT in there. But, uh, God, I'll throw it to you. If you had to suggest one match to me, I'll tell you what, I'm going to bump Cesaro and Sami Zayn for tonight. That, that can be tomorrow. <laughs> I'm gonna get your. I'm gonna watch your suggestions. Hit me with your suggestions. All right. So this. So this match stands out to me because it's one of. I believe it was it was a Raw before WrestleMania 13. So I got to look at the date. Um, but I distinctly remember watching this as a kid. It stands out so much. So it was. So going into that match, going to that WrestleMania, I believe it was Psycho Sid defending against Undertaker for the title. I believe, yeah, because that's the same WrestleMania that Bret and Stone Cold had their you know legendary match. Um, yeah. So I believe it was the Raw before that WrestleMania. It was Bret taking on Sid 
in like a cage match and it was for the title. And one of the stipulations was if Brett won it, then Austin, then their ma- his match with Austin would become a title match, right? And then, so it was this incredible match where Austin was interfering on behalf of Brett and Taker was interfering on behalf of Sid because they wanted to keep yeah. their title matches intact for Mania. I got to I gotta double check the date on this. I'll, I'll hit you on the side with it. But this match is just it, like stuck in my brain from when I was a kid because it was just, it was so bizarre to me to watch these two feuds uh, like working together almost to just kind yeah. of maintain um, the prize at, or like to get or maintain the prize that was at stake. So, and also I, I believe it was, they were still using like the blue cage at that time, uh, which love the blue cage. I mean, the cage now yeah. is fine, but uh, watching them, it, it made more sense that they could climb out <laughs> and in during those cages. So that's my suggestion to you. I'll, I'll find the exact date for it and I'll, I'll hit you with it but that, that's one that... awesome. I'll watch that I'll watch that tonight man. I, I like hearing what matches people think because different matches have got a different story to different people so yeah. I think it's very interesting getting people's perspectives on things and hearing different people's opinions on matches and why those matches meant perhaps more to them than uh, they might to other people yeah yeah, yeah no so it, it also tells you it kind of gives you a peek into people's wrestling fandom right uh, because mm-hmm. Like we've we've probably seen thousands of matches at this point between between the two of us. It's just the ones that really stand out, right? Like the the what the ones on Raw sometimes will just you'll see them, will kind of go in one ear and out the other. But the ones that stick with you, I think, are uh, those those are the ones that really make you a fan and and give, and give you those moments. Uh, before I came out here to do this uh, to, to talk to you, my wife's my wife's gonna kill me if I don't ask you this. So her best friend is living in London for six months, uh, just for work. Uh, she said, please get a suggestion for where she should eat in London or you can't come back in the house. So I'm asking you this now uh, so I can get back in my house. But I also, I, I also do want to know is I've never been to London uh, and that's that's a spot that once kind of all this stuff clears up, hopefully uh, my wife and I can get to. So hit me with it. Well, de- definitely come to London because it is so interesting. I had a like a foreign exchange student. I don't know if you guys do them in yeah. the States. Yeah, yeah, sure. Sort of, yeah, so, so someone from another country, France, came over here, uh, and a fellow student. So um, it was when we went around London, I realized how lovely it is because you don't do it when you're here. You don't go right. and see the sights. You don't go <laughs> yeah. to the London night. You don't go and see uh, all the sights that there are to see. But when, when you're with someone who wants to do it, and you think, wow, this is, we, we actually live in a beautiful city. So I took that for granted, but... A good place to eat in London. It's difficult because there's so London sort of so you can go to Thai one night, Indian one night, Chinese one night. You can go to sort of have classic British pub food. You can go to a more classic French restaurant. There's there's literally everything. But if there's a I tell you what, there's a nice Italian restaurant. I also can't remember the name of. But I've been there before, and I will hit you with the name. Okay. <laughs> I think it's Carluccio's, I think. Okay. But I'll hit you with the it name. It sounds good. Uh, it sounds good already. <laughs> I'm in. It, 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 it's a nice restaurant. It's not too pricey, because, I mean, I'm a uni student. I can't be affording those crazy sure. prices. But it, <laughs> it's, it's a nice restaurant. And I think that if you come to London, you've got to stay for a long period of time, a couple, a week or so. And go to try, try as many different places as, as you can because that's the beauty of London. 
yeah, no, I'll I'll get out there, and then uh, you, me, and Alex can do like a three man pod. Uh, <laughs> just just, awesome. just 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 for the just for the internet. Um, I'll get you out of here on this note. This blew me away. Explain to me this pop tart conversation that you got <laughs> you got roped into by Sean Ross set because it, I had to do a double take. So set it up, set up the conversation for us, and set up a scenario of, and explain to me how you were. Was it unaware of what a pop tart was? I don't. I don't want to put words in your mouth. So you explain it. To, explain it to us. So I w- I listened to Sean's raw review because I I like listening to just different people talk about the show. Just what in the background while I'm working. Yeah. Then it gives perspective as, as we were sort of alluding to earlier. So they ha- they spent the first couple of minutes of the podcast talking about pop tarts. Yeah. So Sean basically said he didn't like. Unfro- he you know, he preferred unfrosted pop tarts. So everyone was like, "Whoa!" In the whoa. comments, "Whoa, yeah. what's going on?" His co-host Denise was like, "Whoa, they got to be frosted." So I messaged him the next day and was like, "Listen, man, what the hell's a pop tart?" <laughs> and then he yes. even even responded. Yes, he tweeted out, "What's worse, the fact that I like unfrosted pop tarts, or Louis doesn't even know what a fro- pop tart is?" And I mean, from from what I've heard from people, we used to have them here in the '90s, but supposedly they're not that good for you. I, I don't want to. Oh, they're say they're that. awful for you. Just, just, so you're being very nice about it. They're delicious. So awful for you, though. <laughs> so apparently they were discontinued, and we don't make them here anymore. But I've said the next time because we. So I was supposed to be in Boston this year, um, and New York. We were going to go this summer. So I've said the next time I'm in the States, hopefully next year we're going to postpone the trip and do it next year. Hopefully I'll have a pop tart and I'll be able to sort of a year later tell Sean whether I like frosted or unfrosted pop tarts more. Spoiler alert, you're going to you're gonna like the frosted ones better uh, because unfrosted <laughs> pop tarts are... My point is, look, we, I, I said they're unhealthy. If you're going to go full unhealthy, you got to go at least good. You know yeah. what I mean? And I don't know if he's, if he, I just can't understand genuinely liking the taste of something that's dry and unfrosted. Uh, so it's not like it's a pure pastry. It's, it's like kept in a package. Anyway, um, shout out to Sean. Uh, well, well th- that blew me away, but both sides, but you not knowing what it was, I just, I just had to figure out like what happened. Uh, but that makes sense. If they discontinued it there, uh, then you you're all good then uh louis man this this was a lot of fun thank you so much for for joining the show uh i'm gonna throw it to you now you know tell the people where they can find your work where they can find you on socials and and all that good stuff awesome once again as i said to you before we started and i'll say it again now and now we've done it but thank you so much for having me on the show i really really enjoyed it i always like being sort of on the other side and coming onto people's shows as opposed to having them on my own but i mean thank you very much for having me on i had a great time and hopefully we'll we'll chat again uh soon but Absolutely. if people want to check me out and, and see what i do so i break uh exclusives i write news up and i do the occasional interview so uh in terms of exclusives i broke that dominic dajakovic and chelsea green are heading to the main roster uh later both confirmed by dave Meltzer. Um, and various other people. Uh, I've uh, interviewed, I mean, I was on a media call with Drew McIntyre, 
and Shawn Michaels. I've spoken, as you mentioned earlier, to Brody Lee, John Moxley, Christian, a load of other people. Um, and yeah, I, I write news at WrestleTalk.com. So if people want to find me uh, at the so, uh, the Louis Dangle on Twitter, which is L O U I S D N G O R. And normally I post everything I do on there, so any interviews. But if you guys want to head over to WrestleTalk Interviews on YouTube, subscribe, hit hit the bell notification so you don't miss an upload, and check out all of the all of the interviews that I've done. And uh, let me know what you think. I, I like hearing people's opinions, and hopefully they're all positive because I'm not a I'm, I don't take bad criticism well. But no, seriously, <laughs> I like hearing what people have got to say and uh, engaging in wrestling content. So if you've got uh, any more match recommendations, hit me up on Twitter. And let me know because I want to watch as many matches uh, as, as possible. So, but once again, man, thank you so much for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. No, no, thank you for uh, for joining. Uh, I, it was I always love this dance with uh, you. Said you're used to it of figuring out the time difference uh, <laughs> with with us. So that was that was awesome. And I, I saw right before we hopped on, you uh, you and Alex had a little little back and forth about you know potentially who my favorite. Uh, UK wrestling on, journalist then. would be I I refuse to choose you're you're both one <laughs> in my book because uh, you're both awesome dudes awesome <laughs> awesome guys so seriously I, though I'm not going to start the feud <laughs> yeah. Alex is great he is. people need to check him out uh, he is as you mentioned earlier he broke the Charlotte um, news but people definitely check that out check out what he's uh, what he's doing and he does some great interviews some great exclusives and just some great work and a top dude so check him out and I wouldn't be uh, even to be mentioned in the same conversation as him is is great so uh, I, I I thank you for that but I mean he, he's a top <laughs> dude top top dude absolutely well again thank you so much for coming on the show we, we got to do it again soon that was an amazing conversation with my man Louis Dangor thank you again Louis for coming on the show. Uh, again, you need to be following Louie on social. He's a fantastic follow, very informed, very he's very locked in and uh, has phenomenal, phenomenal takes uh, about the wrestling world. All right, everyone, that's uh, that's going to be it for today's show. Don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you download your podcasts. And if you're one of our fantastic Apple podcast users, Please, please, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. And if you're feeling spicy, leave a review. And of course, don't forget to follow us on social. On social, that's at 2 Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and the BR app. Follow Jeremy at Jeremy A. Loss. And follow myself on Twitter at Cruise Control. That's Control with a K. All right, that's uh, that's gonna do it for for the show today. We will catch you in a few days for our post SmackDown show. We're uh, we're still figuring out what we're doing, but I think we're gonna have a special guest on with us as well. And uh, in the meantime, please keep staying safe. Please keep washing your hands. Uh, stay home as much as possible. And as always, Black Lives Matter. All right, everyone. Peace.